Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the 2022 edition of the Baby Bowl podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Lofinet over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Somebody told me I was saying that stuff a little bit too fast. Maybe I practiced a little bit too much. Maybe I get too much candy corn in my system this time of night, but I get excited every time I <laughs> Get to talking to Rob Norton, the daddy of the baby bowl, at Norton0723 over there on Twitter. Hey, Robbie, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. It sounds like a, a, a candy corn and Pepsi will do the trick every single time, Rob. Hey, <laughs> I, I got a question for you. Okay, okay. Got a question sure. for you here about the 2021 season. No Googling, and you did not know I was asking these questions. I so, did not. No, you did not. I was trying to think of team statistics, right? Like, like which teams are the best teams? Who uh, does the best at, at certain things and everything like that? Which team, Rob, had the most rushing touchdowns last year? The most rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Kind of see a team philosophy behind these things a little bit. Maybe we can get that replicated in the 2022 season uh, from what they had in the 2021 season. Right, right. Um, hmm. I'm going to just guess. It's it's down to two for me. It's either okay. I'm, uh, that I keep thinking of is Chargers and, and, Chargers and um, Colts, just because I know Eckler and... Eckler and uh, Taylor had a ton of touchdowns. I'm going to go with Colts, though. Okay, Colts. Colts finished one, two, three, four, five. Fifth on the list with 22, and the Chargers finished with 18, and they were 10th maybe on the list somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay, okay 22. The leader was at 25, and and uh, which, which you know, three ahead of that one. You want another guess? Um, let's say Arizona. Arizona, Arizona, that's a good guess. I don't know that I would have finished guessed Arizona. Maybe I would have if my brain would have got to go into Connor and everything like that with all those touchdowns he had. Yeah, Connor, plus I figured Kyler had some rushing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Cardinals finished with 23, one ahead of your Colts there. Uh, the Titans finished with 23, which is a little bit unusual. You know, you think about that with the Derrick Henry injury. Patriots finished with 24, 24, and the Eagles, Eagles Finished with 25. Sure did. That's the, the other one I was thinking of, though, was the Jalen Hurts. I figured he... he uh, the, the funny part about that is Miles Sanders had zero, I'm pretty sure, out of, out of that. And, <laughs> and, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's that's it's not one that you would like instantly think of because you think Miles Sanders, zero, no way. But then, yeah, other people had rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts had rushing touchdowns. Uh-huh. Do you think that that is going to be a philosophy this year from what we maybe have seen in the preseason? I I, I want to just throw this preseason out the window. I don't think preseason <laughs> meant diddly do this year. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so I think they still will have a lot of rushing touchdowns. I think they're going to be more a little bit skew more pass heavy than they were in the second half of last year. I think they're going to go kind of pass, kind of kind of run neutral, basically. Like, um, I mean, I think av- on average teams do throw more than they pass, but I think they're going to be, you know, kind of in the middle, maybe maybe a little bit more run heavy, just because Jalen Hurts will run. Um, but I do think they're going to pass more than they did last year. Okay. Uh, so. 
All right. What about rushing yardage? Uh, Eagles led that with 27-15. Colts were second with 25-40. Ravens were 24-79, and the Browns at 24-71. Anything out of those guys kind of change the – you think any of those personnel changes maybe change the philosophy of the teams going into this year? Uh, sometimes that's by circumstance, but even the Titans still had 24-01 last year. Yeah, so I think I think that, like I mentioned with the Eagles, I think they're – the addition of AJ Brown, they're going to make it a little bit more pass heavy. Um, I mean, I still think they're going to run the ball a lot when you have Jalen Hurts. You know, if you have a running quarterback, and if you notice, a lot of those teams had running quarterbacks that are near the top. So um, they definitely, definitely uh, have, uh, you know, will always stay near the top. But I do think the Ravens, like if I had to pick one team who was going to be the most run heavy in terms of leading, in terms of, rushing attempts and yardage, I would probably pick the Ravens this year. I just think they're going to get they, – they threw more last year. Lamar was banged up a little bit, and I do think they want to get back to, you know, what they were most successful with the previous two years. And they also, you know, now have both Dobbins and, and Edwards back, or they will be back at some point, probably should be. Um, and so, go-go Mike Davis super quads, right? <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. So I do think I would pick the Ravens as as a team that, you know, would probably be a little bit more run-heavy than last year, whereas the other ones, I kind of see them being a little bit more pass-heavy than they were last year. Who had the least amount of rushing touchdowns last season? Least amount of rushing touchdowns. Whew. I'm just thinking of bad teams. Jets? Jets, they're not even anywhere on the top 10 there. I don't know. Jets finished with 14. Hmm. Big cluster there, kind of 14, 13, 12. Interesting. I'm trying to think of, trying to think of bad, bad you know, teams. Flacco is on the Jets, man. I mean, you talk about rushing quarterback. <laughs> That's true. He's mobile. Um, Falcons? Falcons. Cordero Patterson was on that team, man. That's true. Yeah. You know? That's true, but yeah, I was thinking maybe he, some of his touchdowns came came through the air. No, um, oh, Falcons were eleven. They they finished at eleven, which is about fifth, sixth, fifth, fifth or sixth worth. Okay, mm-hmm. um, not Patriots. Not I'm gonna say maybe Dolphins. Dolphins were at twelve, twelve last season, which is a little bit better than the Falcons. Steelers finished at ten. Rams finished at ten. That that can't be right. Rams finished with ten rushing touchdowns. <laughs> I guess that you think about it, it's it is it's a one reason that a lot of people are kind of higher on on Acres. I've heard the the case made for Acres where that the touchdown regression is going to hit. They were they were the high score a high scoring team, but they were once they got in the red zone, they threw a lot to Cooper Cup. So yeah, they could. They could um, end up getting a little bit more rushing touchdowns than they did Vikings, last year. Vikings were ten, and that that's surprising too. A that's little surprising bit as well. Yeah. Giants finished with eight. Ooh. And, and the Texans finished with eight. So I should have thought. I should have known the Texans. Well, yeah, it, it sprung on you. It sprung on you a little bit, but uh, you know, just looking at those things, kind of. It's just strange to look at and trying to look at philosophies, maybe how philosophies change. And all teams want to run first, it feels like. You know, from me back in my day, they wanted to run first. And now it seems like a pass-happy kind of a league where they're wanting to pass first. Uh, one, one more little trivia thing here. We'll go opposites again. Passing touchdowns. Who led the league in passing touchdowns last season? And these are fantasy-relevant questions. You know, these, these going into our fantasy drafts this last weekend and stuff. Um, 
Chargers? Chargers finished fifth with 38 passing touchdowns last season. Um, Let's see. Yeah, you can just pretty much go good quarterbacks here. I was going to say, it's, it's it Packers? Yeah. Packers, yeah. You're, you're going, you're, you're running the list from five to first is what you're doing. Packers uh, finished with 39. Rams? Rams finished with 41. Cowboys were in the middle there with 40. Ooh, number one. Oh, Buccaneers. Got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old is Tom Brady? Because he passed for 43 <laughs> touchdowns last year. I don't know how old he is. But he passed for 43 touchdowns last year. And the worst in the league. Can you – you got to <laughs> hmm. – I was going to say Jets, but I'm, I'm – Jets? Jets were at 20. They had Flacco again. Quit. Come on. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm knocking your guy. Um, Panthers? Panthers with 14. That ought to change. That's going to at least go up by one-eighth of a point, you know, this season at with least. Baker. At least, at least. That's why, that's why, you know, I, I know, I know a lot of people are, you know, saying the whole thing. People have been, um, you know, on Twitter saying that DJ Moore is not a great pick because he can't score touchdowns and this, this and that. And it's like, look at how many passing touchdowns the team threw as a whole. Like he scored four of their 14 or whatever it was. He had like almost like 25% of their touchdowns and he just, give them up to, you know, Baker's been about league average in touchdown percentage. You just give him a, a league average touchdown amount for passing. You get him up to 20, 25, and that goes up to six, seven, eight touchdowns if he Ooh. still has the same sh- touchdown share. Boy, so, that'd be good with all the passing yardage that he gets and, and the receptions that he gets. That'll I'm, all, just really... I'm all in. I'm all in. Uh, Giants finished tied with the Panthers there with 14. They're in second place. And the Jaguars had 12. Had 12. I think they had 20 intercepts. No, I don't. I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> very, very interesting though. When I was looking at that and trying to see if philosophies have changed, and and of course the Jaguars having the new coaching staff, the Giants, you know that that philosophy is not going to change as far as passing touchdowns go. They're going to try to feed the ball to Saquon as much as possible, and that to me the 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 offensive side of the ball, the wide receivers, the tight end, all that stuff seems to be in flux there in New York right now. And Daniel Jones at quarterback, I just don't think that. A new coach, a new era is going to be able to fix that overnight like that. I, I can't see that changing anything. But but I love the point that you made about the Panthers. Bears were in there at 16, by the way. Bears had 16 last year. Uh, everything's changed in Chicago as well. I hope just I, I hope Fields throws for more than 16 himself. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think he w- I think he can. I like Fields a lot actually. So I'm 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 pretty uh, excited to see what he can do this year. So, Rob, this year in the Baby Bowl, and if you haven't signed up yet, go ahead and do so. Sign up for the Baby Bowl. It's on the pinned tweet over at Rob Norton's uh, Twitter handle, at Norton0723. It's also at the show's handle as well, at, uh, what is the show? At uh, FI Today with a little underscore <laughs> there. It'll, it'll be in the show notes, too, where you can follow us on Twitter and everything like that if you if you want to do that sort of thing. And uh, what what I want to encourage people to do is, like we said last week, is is to set your lineup, get it in there so Rob doesn't have to panic 
come you know Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, and then the weekend following, because you do have an opportunity to play on the very first game, even on Thursday night against mm-hmm. the Bills and the Rams. And we'll talk about these games in a little bit, kind of highlight some players that we think we would like, and and maybe even go over some prop bets next week on some of those games that are in there on things that we might be able to really pull out from the game script that's going to be happening in those games, or at least anticipated game script. But uh, just yeah, set those lineups. You'll quit getting any kind of notifi- notifications through the email or anything to remind you. But also, like I said, Rob wants to make sure everybody that signed up, paid, participating, gets their lineup set just to be able to have part of this fun that's going on in the Baby Bowl. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's like I, I went through the other day and kind of reminded people who hadn't hadn't like signed in and set a lineup. Um, but I think we're down to like 12 or 15 that haven't signed in or set a lineup. I'm still trying to get more people in. Got got a couple more in today or in the day before. So we're still hovering around that 130, 140 mark. So I'm hoping hoping to get a few more at least close in on 150. The goal was 200. But I don't think we're going to hit that, but um, it'll be nice to hit the 150 mark if we can make it there. Oh, definitely would. And and I've kind of laid off it a little bit because I know that this is what what we call it, draft season right now, where everybody's mm-hmm. in like a million draft rooms. Seems like if I have a if if the night ends in Y, I'm in a draft room. All right. That's what yep. it seems like to me right now. Same. So I've kind of held off a little bit uh, until after Sunday. Then I'm going to make a little last push and give you some headaches there, Rob, a little bit. OK, so that's what I plan on that's doing. Fair. Uh, let's let's look at some of these games right now, and we'll kind of go in the middle of it all and, and look at some other things to break up the monotony of the stuff a little bit. Buffalo Bills versus Los Angeles Rams going to kick us off a week from tonight. We've got to figure out a new night to record, by the way, Rob. Uh, a week from tonight, uh, Buffalo Bills and Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the the game total is 52, the 52 and a half, or however you look at it. I... Uh, thought of something. You know, we were talking about some different strategies for the Baby Bowl last week. And another strategy that I have thought of, and call me a genius. I mean, there's some people have called me a genius, Rob. I, uh, but this one it seems very simple. And I think I'm kissing this strategy a little bit, you know, where I'm keeping it simple because I'm stupid. <laughs> Follow the bad defenses. You know, because you know, if, you, if you just play against the bad defense – for like rushing, you know what I mean? Then you're you're going to probably do pretty well. Or even passing, you're going to probably do pretty well. And I, it may be game script dependent, but, you know, why not take Baltimore Ravens against the New York Jets this, this next week or this first week? Why, why not do that? I, I'm trying to think of why I wouldn't take a lot of Baltimore Raven players against the New York Jets or against the Jacksonville Jaguars sitting there piling it up against them or take a lot of Colts against the Houston Texans, you know? Why wouldn't I do that? And then each week just follow those teams around and play whoever they're playing. Yeah, definitely. Um, anytime you see a team like... That's what that's what I always look for too. Anytime you're seeing a, a team that's heavily favored against a bad team, a lot of times that's that's a good spot to pick a running back there. You know, especially if the game script favors them, they're going to run more often. And especially if it's against a bad defense, like we mentioned. So like, I I I do expect Jonathan Taylor to be pretty pretty popular in Baby Bowl Week One. Um, you know, coming in as the top running back against and against the Texans, it's it's a it's a it's a smash spot for him. So. Yeah, I like I like the strategy. Definitely definitely good to go against those those bad defenses, that's for sure. In DFS, I know sometimes we want to be contrarian. And I know I've talked about outthinking the room a lot of times. 
we've talked about it a little bit, but I mean, like you said, Jonathan Taylor is going to be widely owned maybe in the baby bowl that very first week. Should I pivot? Should I go to a Mike Davis uh, against those New York Jets because he's just not going to get a lot of work maybe with Kenyon Drake showing up on the scene? And you know how Baltimore goes through running backs almost as fluid as San Francisco does. Should 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 one of those thought process be to pivot so that you can capitalize on a Jonathan Taylor week later on because they do have a pretty soft schedule as far as running backs go. They're going to play Houston again. They'll play Jacksonville at some point and play a Mike Davis versus the Jets because that opportunity isn't going to present itself again for the whole entire year. It's definitely, I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, now the risk you run is that if Taylor happens to get hurt before that next, like if you plan it out and you want to play him against Houston and when the Colts are at home, then that is a good spot. Um, the problem is, is if he gets hurt before then and you don't get to use him. So you run risk, but um, there is, there plan could be a risk. You can't plan for injury, Rob. You can't. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, baby oh, ball. We sure. <laughs> baby ball is sure. philosophy. Play him if you got him. Play him if you got him. Yeah, yeah. So it is, and that's that's the thing is, it, you know, um, injuries can happen to anyone at any time. So, like you said, I mean, play them if you got them. And but at the same time, though, if you do happen to, you know, play someone like a Mike Davis and he has an awesome first week when they're using him, you know, a lot more heavily against the Jets team um, that they're heavily favored against, and and you know, Dobbins looks like he's iffy at best for week one. Edwards is going to be out, so you know. It is kind of for him in a way. Play him if you got him. Um, it's a great matchup, and if he does go off that week, and not very many people have him, and Jonathan Taylor just has a you know a ho hum week for his standards, then you may be able to capitalize, take advantage. It's almost like a a double whammy that you got a guy that nobody else was really playing, and then you didn't play the guy who did okay that everyone else was playing. You get to play him possibly in a better week. Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna outthink the room. I'm gonna flip a coin. We'll see what it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams. As far as baby bowl implications go, Rob, I, I kind of want to stay away from this game because I was even looking at it on the showdown slate and everything over there on DraftKings, and I'm mm-hmm. going, man, this is a tough game to pick right here because you have so many different possibilities with the Buffalo Bills as far as who is Josh Allen going to throw it to. And I'm like, man, who am I going to stick in the captain spot? Because I'm trying to think of the different players I want to put in the captain spot. And Allen Robinson seemed like the obvious choice because I, they're going to get him a touchdown. And then I thought, well, boy, Allen Robinson's going against the Bills defense, which is pretty strong in the secondary. And and uh, you never know how Matthew Stafford's arm is going to react to this first game. I, I think that may have been some smoke in the offseason. Not a lot, but some smoke in the offseason about how healthy Matthew Stafford is. He's he's a tough guy. He's a tough kid. I've seen him play through a lot of different injuries whenever he played for Detroit. And so I don't know that this one's necessarily going to affect him each and every week, each and every game like that. But I, I was just thinking about these two defenses, and I said, man, both of these defenses are really pretty strong. At least they were last year. So I'm kind of trying to stay away from this game right here from a baby bowl standpoint because I'm just not clear on who I would want to use. Yeah, if you're not clear, it's definitely a tough, tough way to go. Um, I like it in the sense of it's like they think the second or third highest um, over under on the week at 52 yeah. and a half. I think there's one game you have Kansas City, Arizona is higher. 
Um, but yeah, so it's the second highest on the week. So theoretically, it's the second highest over under with a close a close spread. And those are the kind of games technically, you know, you kind of want to target because it's more. Those are the games that are more ideal for shootouts on on teams going back and forth because both offenses can score. So if both offenses keep scoring, then they got to, you know, keep keep up and keep pace. Um, so it could turn into a shootout. Uh, but the problem is the tough part is like you said, both teams have good defenses too. So it is, it is risky in that sense. Um, I could see, I could see playing guys from that game though. I could see, you know, throwing Josh Allen with Diggs or Allen with Diggs and Davis or Allen, even, you know, with one of them and, and Knox or whatever, or same side, same thing on the other side. Now, like you said, with the Stafford thing, it's a little bit, a little bit risky just because of his, you know, the, the elbow thing in the off season, we don't know how bad or not that is. Um, so maybe it would be safer to just kind of stick it out on, on at least on, you know, Stafford side. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with anyone that wants to play any, any part of this game because theoretically it should be a shootout. Um, but yeah, if you don't feel comfortable with it, there's no reason to force it. Baltimore Ravens are at the New York Jets. This game totals at 44 and a half. Uh, why didn't they put how many points anybody other than Flacco is going to score in this one? Why, why, did, why is it 44 and a half? I mean, he's going he's gonna to accumulate that by himself. Hey, I love this spot for Baltimore a lot here. I, I really like the Baltimore Ravens he, going to New York. Uh, it seems like they don't know what they're doing quite. You know, people wanting off the team. You, you don't know who's the running back. You got Joe Flacco at the quarterback. And there's a lot of things going on there in New York and Baltimore. I think they're hitting this season just 100 miles an hour. You know what I mean? Like Lamar, this is going to be a great Lamar game. Uh, this is going to. I like Mike Davis in this game. I like Mark Andrews in this game. I just I can see Baltimore putting up 40 points this game. Yeah, I could see it too. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think Baltimore. This shows is they're a seven point favorite in this one. The over under isn't isn't too high, but. Obviously, most of that score is kind of towards Baltimore. So, um, Baltimore, yeah, any pieces of Baltimore that you'd want to play would make sense, especially Lamar and Andrews. Definitely. Cleveland Browns at Carolina Panthers. This is going to be (laughs) – you couldn't put this much better. You know, I mean, (laughs) and if we were smart and we went and looked at that uh, schedule when the Baker Mayfield – was going to be trade all that stuff when all that was we we should have put money that it was going to be Carolina. I mean, just the narratives couldn't have been written any better. Yeah, it almost seems like a forced narrative if you ask me. But this point total is at forty one and a half, which tells me I want to stay away from anything going on at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is actually the underdogs by two points on the road at Carolina. That that's that's unusual to me looking at that. But I don't want any part of. Ch- I don't want. I don't want any piece of this one at all. I know CMC. You got to play him if you got him. But I. I don't want to against that Cleveland defense. Yeah, that's the thing. And the other thing with the, with the Browns, they're you know a slow paced, slow paced, yeah. run heavy team. So especially, I'm sure they're they're going to lean that way with Jacoby Brissett there. So yeah, I think you know obviously CMC is a good play any week, um, but. In terms of this, the game could get slowed down a lot by the Browns if they, and especially if they have the ball a lot. Um, and I think that's why the the forty one and a half we see it that low. So yeah, I mean, I probably won't be you know doing too much from from this game because um, I do see it as a low scoring kind of slow paced game. 
Dobbs, the Dobbs make the team quarterback for the Browns? I believe so. It, it would. Why are they going to roll Jacoby Brissett out? Uh, Dobbs did not look bad in the preseason. When the, the and I know it was preseason. I know he gets backups. I know all those things. He, he didn't look terrible as a quarterback in the NFL for the Steelers. Even you know what I mean? Like it was. We know what Jacoby Brissett is. I I just. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can see Jacoby Brissett coming in on third downs, maybe, and rushing the ball for one or two yards. I just don't. I I don't know, Rob. I don't know. I think they. I think basically they just know that Jacoby Brissett is like a safe, safe game manager type quarterback. He's not really gonna lose you the game too much, but he, he's not really gonna go out there and make much happen. Um, and they just. I think, especially with the the schedule being pretty easy to start the year. Um, I think they just basically want him to go out there, control the game, hand the ball off most of the time, make the easy, easy uh, throws, and uh, not turn the ball over. Cleveland cannot lose this game to Baker Mayfield. They cannot. I mean, it's just they cannot do that. That that narrative. And I'm just gonna tell you right now, you might as well. <laughs> if Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback, you're going to see Amari Cooper on the sideline, pouting, holding the clipboard, holding his helmet. He's going to have an injury, and he's going to be standing on the sideline. That is going to be the picture of Amari Cooper a lot of this season, I think, with Cleveland. He ain't going to want to block. He's not going to block. It just Amari Cooper on the sideline in a brown uniform. Get used to it, buddy. That's my prediction. Uh, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts, Jacoby Brissett's old team against the Houston Texans. This is this 45-and-a-half. Indianapolis is favored by eight points in this one. Houston anticipated score from Odd Shark here is only seventeen points total. Seventeen total points in this one, Rob. This this seems like a landslide place, just a smash mouth spot for. Here's what I'm worried about. It's almost too much of a smash mouth spot, and maybe the Colts starters are only going to play three quarters. Is what it looks like a college game to me. I know. Well, that's and that's something you always. Uh you always run the risk of with like a team that's heavily favored. So now, I mean, obviously this, this lines up like, like I mentioned earlier for a perfect for a, for a Jonathan Taylor, just smash spot because they are eight point favorites uh, playing in the dome. Um, so the weather, weather will be fine. And, you know, they have a high team total and like I said, heavy, heavy favorites. So in the, in the game total itself, isn't super low. It's not, high or anything but it's about average on the week so it looks like a, a perfect spot for jonathan taylor so i wouldn't be, like i said i wouldn't be surprised if he's the most most rostered player throughout baby bowl this week or this, no, I, week one hey I, I, I simulated this game i don't know if you knew that i simulated this game i went out and got all the kids in the neighborhood all the ones you know that were shorter and smaller than me and i pretended that i was jonathan taylor i put them on the other <laughs> side and i had a football and i just ran through them a hundred times to see how many 150 yards Two touchdowns is what I had at the end of the day, Rob. So that's my simulation. Yeah, yeah, pretty good game there for old Jonathan Taylor. Not too bad. Not too bad. (laughs) Jacksonville Jaguars (laughs) against the Washington Commanders. Here's another spot where we might be able to use a a running back for the Washington Commanders while he's still the number one guy there, if he is the number one guy. This point total is 44 points, and the Commanders are favored by three in this one. Uh, For me, whenever I look at this, Rob, I'm not sure what to expect out of either one of these two teams this very first week because there's a lot in flux for Jacksonville. We haven't seen this offense run to, I, I love ETN. I love all that stuff, but even with the commanders and Antonio Gibson, this might be the week that you want to be able to use him early and often 
before you know Robinson comes back into the scene and everything like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Gibson Gibson's in a nice spot this week. Obviously, like it, really, really unfortunate. Obviously, with with uh, Brian Robinson, and and it's great to hear that he uh, is non life threatening. He's out. He's doing. Seems like he's doing well. He's out of surgery, and they're saying he's can even play this year probably. So that's great for for sure. But yeah, like you said, Gibson has the opportunity early on, um, and you know. He, it might be a great spot to use him, like you said, because they're favored. They're favored by three. The the consensus total is is about average. Um, and you know if they do get a lead, they can they can uh, pound Gibson a lot. Yeah, and they're at home, like was you kind of the narrative mm-hmm. from the Jacksonville side. Are you looking to use an ET, uh, ATN? Are you waiting to see how this kind of works itself out a little bit more? Uh, and, and before Robinson gets healthy, though, it looks like it's a pretty good place. The Washington Commander defense never really impressed me all that much. Right. That's the thing is, um, you know, I love ETN and I love, I mean, I like him even when I don't, I don't have a problem with him even when, uh, when James Robinson is back. So, but the problem is, is that obviously if you, you kind of want to use him before Robinson is back, um, and so it does look like a spot that you could try to go ahead and, uh, use ETN and, uh, get the most out of them. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Okay. Uh, New England Patriots, Miami Dolphins. Woo-wee! <laughs> it is a fun one too here, man. Uh, Dolphins are favored by three points. This point total is 47 points. Is this a week you want to crack the top off of, uh, the, the bottle that is a Tua and a Hill connection or are you going to wait and see on this one too? We don't. Will we ever use a New England Patriot? Will we ever? <laughs> yeah, not not. You don't really want to. Um, I, people are, you know, love Ramondre Stevenson, but you know, I I don't want to use either one of those running backs until one of them gets hurt, honestly. And so I'll I'll probably wait on that. Um, with the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, picking the right week to play a Tua Hill or a Tua Waddle um, could be huge. And I don't think I want to do it here. Um, I know Belichick will – it seems like every time they've played against Tyreek, he, he's, he's kind of bracketed him where he's kind of – it seems like he's you know heavily shaded a safety his way. Um, to take him away and and left a corner arms almost du- almost doubling him most games so I kind of don't really want to uh, play Tyreek here um, and plus his first game uh, with with Miami so I'll probably you'll probably what oh I'll probably hold off on on everyone in this game okay there you go uh, New Orleans Saints at Atlanta Falcons. All right, this is a weird one here. Forty-two and a half. You've almost made me a believer in Marcus Mariota. Almost made me a believer, <laughs> but I can't do it that first week against the New Orleans Saints. I don't want to touch any of those Atlanta Falcons, and I, honestly, I can't do anything with those New Orleans Saints either for the Baby Bowl. I, I'm going to leave this game alone. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, it's tough. It, the 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 positives of it are that it's in a dome. Um, and the Falcons defense isn't going to be good. So theoretically you'd want to play saints. Um, problem is just kind of figuring out, you know, who's playing, like if Michael Thomas is playing or not, um, he, he's kind of been 
banged up on and off throughout the offseason and obviously over the past two years. So um, if Thomas is, does happen to just sit for whatever reason, I mean, it seems like he's going to play, but if he does happen to sit for whatever reason, I think Kamara would be in a really, really good spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll probably more than likely avoid the game. I mean, I, I love Kyle Pitts, but it kind of is a tough matchup. So I'll probably yeah. mostly avoid the game unless, unless Thomas sits and then I'll be kind of, kind of influenced to want to want to play Kamara a little bit. Yeah. But for baby bowl purposes to me, when I see him playing Carolina, I'm going to be a little bit more excited to play him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's going to be, Oh, uh, let's look here at some news and notes, Rob, if you don't mind, uh, Tyler mm-hmm. Smith is going to be the, left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys because Tyron Smith ended up getting hurt and he's out for the year, right? He's gone for the year. So that's, that, that puts a little damper on the Dallas Cowboys projections for the rest of the season. I know you probably weren't real high on Ezekiel Elliott uh, for whatever purposes, but uh, you know, I, he wasn't terrible last year. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zeke, I was, definitely down on heading into the year. It's just, just that we saw, um, I mean, I think he still will get a lot of work, which is ultimately what you want. But the problem is, is that he, he's, he's, his value has been more of, he's stayed healthy, but in a way it almost hurts you in a, in a sense. Cause if he's, if he's staying healthy and giving you 11 point, 12 point games, I'd rather just have someone who's going to give me 25 point game, like <laughs> CMC, CMC. Well, yeah, he'll give me, you know, even if CMC gets hurt, but when he's healthy, he's giving me 25, 30 point games. And then if he's out, then I can replace him with someone else and probably get close to that 11 or 12 point mark anyway. So, You're so um, selfish. You're yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, but yeah, so uh, Zeke, Zeke, will probably be solid. He'll probably out. He'll probably finish higher than his ADP. If he just stays healthy all year, just simply in the fact of volume out voluming it. Um, I don't know how well he'll do points per game wise. And my worry is that we've seen at this point, a deterioration of skills kind of when, when he's been healthy, whereas like other guys who have been banged up when they were healthy though, we've seen them still be near peak level in redraft Zeke or Javante Williams. I gotta go, Javante. There, yeah, just just because, huh? All right, just yeah. upside, upside potential. Yep. All right, all right. Zeke or Pierce? Whew. I'll go Zeke though on that. I'll go Zeke. I haven't bought into the the Damian Pierce hype like as much as other people have. My thing with him too is that I, yeah, he looks like he's gonna be the lead back, but Zeke looks like he's obviously gonna be the lead back there too. And and the Cowboys offense should be should be better than the Texans offense. And not only that, but we don't know. We know Zeke, even though Pollard's there, we know Zeke will at least be involved somewhat in the passing game. We don't know that with, with Pierce. I mean, Pierce could be one, a, a guy like Damian Harris, where he's a two down grinder and Burkhead is the guy that's kind of seeing most of the third down work. So Zeke um, or Aaron that, Jones, Aaron Jones. Oh yeah. Just upside there too. Right. Yeah, for sure. Especially in the passing game. All right, Marlon Mack has been racking up those frequent fire miles, I guess. I don't know. It seems like he was going to, and then he re-signed and went to the practice squad with the Texans after being released. Kind of crazy. I, I don't normally typically expect that out of a veteran running back. I, Marlon Mack seems like he has something to prove, but I don't, I don't know. It's a really strange situation there. That's a weird move, man, weird move. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
I've always been kind of down on Mac. Um, he was kind of, I feel bad because he, you know, I, I like the guy in general. Like he, he had a little bit of success before the Achilles, but he was never really a high end prospect or super explosive. And then when you get an Achilles injury like that, that's, it's been, it's been rough on, on, on almost all running back so far. And that's, that's my worry with James Robinson too. He's in the same kind of situation. Um, and yeah, so Marlon Mack kind of, I think he's basically just trying to, he's trying to do whatever he can to hang on. And I, I hope he does well, but I just don't see him really contributing, being much of a fantasy asset anywhere anymore. Rex Burkhead. I, I think that that's great signs for Rex Burkhead because uh, I don't know that they'll necessarily trust Pierce to be able to be the pass blocker, all that stuff. And they'll be, they'll be throwing the ball a lot in Houston. And so I think Rex Burkhead is one of those sleepy little guys at the end of a draft that you can get where you're going, okay, which dart throw should I go for? I think Rex Burkhead should get a little bit of run in some redraft leagues as a dart throw. Uh, personally, I, I do, because he made some impacts last season whenever he had an opportunity to play. Yeah, yeah, he could be um, he could be somewhat like a situation where, you know, almost like you saw with James White. It was kind of like a James mm-hmm. White type mm-hmm. where – um, you know, in there on passing downs, gets gets a, a decent amount of targets and receptions, and like you said, Texans probably gonna throw a decent amount because they're probably gonna be losing more than they're winning, and uh, so you know, teams that lose more than they win, they obviously need to throw more to come back. So, and they have a lot of garbage time stuff. So, yeah, that's 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 the thing is I think Burkhead um could be in there more than people are hoping for, especially now that Damian Pierce is like the hottest, uh, buzziest guy out there. Between injuries and uh, just you know, you won't know when to play him though. You just you just won't know when to play him. Right. Good luck. Good luck knowing when to, the, those two or three weeks to play Rex Burkhead. But I I like Rex Burkhead. Uh, Zach Ertz and Rondell Moore Cliff Kingsbury has said they will both be close for week number one. I don't know. I think you'll be able to count on both of those guys being out there that next that last week. Sony Michelle, a running back that got released by the Miami Dolphins, has landed on the Los Angeles Chargers to muck up that backfield just a little bit more i don't know what that says about kelly i don't know what that says about that other guy who was there with that goofy little name but all i know is that it's not going to cut into austin eckler's time i do not think rob austin eckler is the man yeah for sure he's 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 a stud um and that's the thing is he gets so much pass work that it doesn't matter i mean other people can steal whatever amount of carries and whatnot. And he's still going to get his 100, 170 to 210 carries and, you know, 70 plus receptions. And it's really not going to matter. And especially in a high powered offense like that. Darren Waller is back practicing all you dynasty Waller owners. And that's good news. He was practicing uh, this past week and his new contract extension is in the air there in Los in well, wherever they're playing, wherever the Raiders are playing nowadays, Vegas. Uh, Kadarius Tony is practicing as well this week. That's good news for the New York Giants. I like to hear those good news Rob. I like to hear the good news Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially for a guy like Kadarius Tony, who's got a lot of a ton of upside. They have an ambiguous wide receiver room. He could be the lead guy as long as he stays healthy. We saw how explosive he was. I, I like Tony as long as he can stay healthy. Matt LaFleur, the coach of the Green Bay Packers, said the ball is going to get spread around, and the offense will use a number of different receivers this season. They kept seven receivers on their 53-man roster, and they think that they're all going to be active on game day. They're all going to be running around. The ball's going to go all over the place. There's just not one person to own here in, in Green Bay as far as the wide receiver room. This team looks like it's an Aaron Jones. It looks like it's a Aaron Rodgers, maybe, 
team uh, as far as who you want to own in fantasy? And I guess uh, who's the other running back there? Who's the big guy? A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. I, I think that those are really the only three people that I'm interested in in uh, having in any kind of redraft league. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have Rodgers a little bit lower than what he's is on consensus. It's just oh, sure. the fact that, yeah, just the fact that he doesn't run. Um, so I lump him in there with like all those like good pocket passers, which there's a big group of them. Um, but he's kind of more towards the bottom of them, uh, just because he's, he's got a, he's been one of the most efficient QBs year in and year out pretty much of all time. Um, but he's, he's gotta be that efficient just to hang in there with them. Um, well, he doesn't because even he doesn't like the wide it. receivers, though. He, he, doesn't even, right. he doesn't like anybody. He sees that's Randall Cobb, and he's like, that's all I got right there. He sees I know. other guys, he's like, I don't even know who they are. I, I don't even want them. I don't want none of them, you know? I expected that's, big things out of Alan Lazard, but I just don't think it's happening. See, I've I've been off of Alan Lazard for a while. Um, from the baby ball, we got in a little disagreement about Alan Lazard. Um, and because that's the thing is like everyone thinks, you know, oh, there's there's no Devonte Adams is gone. Somebody's got to catch the balls. It's like, no, not, that doesn't that's not how it works necessarily. They 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 can spread it around. Aaron Jones could see a huge uptick. A.J. Dillon could see some extra, especially if they're both on the field at the same time. Tunyon is coming back. He can he can uh, see some some stuff. He's more trusted than pretty much any of the pass catchers there. Aside from Randall Cobb, they could just spread the ball around a ton, play a ton of guys. We saw this same kind of narrative last year with um, with Marquez Callaway. Marquez Callaway was huge, buzzy guy, and Michael Thomas was was out, and you got all these you know nobodies that or everyone was thinking. I was like, oh, there's somebody's got to catch passes. Marquez Callaway looks like the best guy, and he he got steamed up, and everybody was all hyped about him. And what did he do? He didn't do anything. Um, so that's I, I kind of feel I like I like Lazard more than I liked. Callaway last year, but at the same time, it feels like a similar kind of thing where everyone's saying, well, you know, somebody's got to catch the passes there. It's like, yeah, somebody, somebody will catch the passes, but it might be just a bunch of people. That's, yeah. that's the thing. I got Tunyon at the end of the Raz Bowl draft or somewhere in there. I like, yeah. Uh, and I, I liked, I liked it late. because it was, it was going to be a familiar face down there in the end zone. If they get within the 10, mm-hmm. I, I think that he's going to be the big target. He's going to be the guy down there and, uh, yeah, Rogers obviously likes passing him in the red zone. Trey Sermon was released by the 49ers and signed with Philadelphia. That's not what we needed. That's not what we wanted. We, we don't want that to happen. That's, that's terrible, you know, for any fantasy purposes, because Philadelphia is just how, how do you get released if you're running back from the San Francisco 49ers? How, Rob, they go through running backs like crazy. <laughs> they pick people up off the street. You know what I mean? And, and now they're releasing Trey Sermon, a guy who they picked in the draft last year. It makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. I think Trey Sermon might be one of those guys that just gets bounced around from team to team from here on out. I, uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah, and it, it's really weird too because there was especially there was I think there was a lot of comments coming out of the camp, and I think it's yeah. straight from Shanahan that. Sermon has been looking so great. He's been playing like one of the better running backs on our team. He started he started being like, you know, a pretty popular late yeah. round flyer for like a week or two in leagues, and then all of a sudden, cut. It just it's just. How about that so, trade smoke? Wasn't that trade? That was trade smoke. That's coming pr- out I had, of that. had to had to be had to be. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. It's a that's why that's why it's so hard to trust like anything that people are people are saying unless it's a constant just a constant drumbeat for months. 
and then then it kind of you can kind of s- see it but like if you just hear these reports all of a sudden it's like i don't know take it with a grain of salt yeah, you know, Benjamin is going to be the second uh, tailback there in Arizona. That is important because of Connor's uh, injury, previous, prior injury history a little bit. Kenny Galladay, uh, it's reported that he's been running routes this summer with the stiffness of a mannequin. <laughs> that's, that's a, a how, I think baby Megatron needs a little bit of oiling is what that needs right there. Uh, very interesting there. Isaiah McKenzie, he suffered an undisclosed injury last Saturday and has not practiced since. Isn't that something? Isaiah McKenzie, I guess that does open up things for Jamison Crowder maybe a little bit. We know how much Josh Allen likes that that slot receiver. I, I, that changes the structure a little bit of this Buffalo Bill organization. To me, this going in there, I, I really wanted I had Isaiah McKenzie in far too many places. <laughs> same. Same. I was really high on him because the thing was is I've, I've been kind of lower than consensus on Gabe Davis um, and I've been I've been a little bit lower than consensus on Dawson Knox a bit I'm really high on on Stefan Diggs but the thing is is like Josh Allen and the Bills are going to be one of the most pass heavy teams in the league so I was really really liking getting McKenzie late in drafts um, we saw what he could do when yeah. he was given chances and and it, uh, it was you know seemed like it was an exciting late round flyer with upside so this is a bummer Miles Sanders is practicing again this Thursday. He was practicing with the Philadelphia Eagles, so that's good news. He can he can show Trey Sermon around everywhere. So that's 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 really good news, <laughs> I guess is what it is. Uh, and that's, I think that's it. I think that's it. That's how about the, I think that's all our headlines, Rob. I, unless I skip something somewhere, I don't know if I did or not. I don't think I did. It seems it seems about seems like thorough? all the news that I've was heard. Was it was of. it thorough? I think it was thorough. I think so. We don't I need to talk so. about Chris Conley, do we? We don't want to talk about Derrick Henry's uh, new contract or Russell Wilson's new contract. That doesn't affect us in any way from a fantasy standpoint, does it? I don't, I don't think it does. Yeah, no, I don't. I wouldn't think so. I mean, those guys are pretty established as is, so. Yeah. O.J. Howard, uh, by the way, is on the Texans, in case anybody needs to know. I don't think you need to know that, but <laughs> O.J. Howard on the Texans. All right, let's get back to these NFL games. We'll finish up this little thing right here on this pre-Baby Bowl week, and I'm going to remind everybody to go over there and check out Rob Norton at Norton 0723s Twitter handle. Get signed up for that Baby Bowl if you haven't already. A fun little event that's going on here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network and also just all over Twitter right now, Rob. I, I really like how the buzz is out there. Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions. Detroit, the try-hard team, the good luck team, the team on hard knocks is not favored this first week. They are actually the underdogs. Philadelphia is favored by four points. This point total is 48 and a half. I like Philadelphia. I like to root for Detroit. I just can't pick either one of them right here in this spot right now. I just, I just can't. Yeah, it's tough because that's the thing is Detroit has kind of, you know, been a fun team to root for now, especially with being on hard knocks and Dan Campbell is a likable guy. So um, I've always kind of liked the Eagles for whatever reason. Like I like Miles. I like Miles Sanders as a player. I'm I'm a little bit down on him in, in fantasy overall. Um, I just have some worries that they're not going to give him enough touches and you know, being on a team with Jalen Hurts, he's more likely to take it off, take off and run than dump dump the ball down, so it could limit the pass work too. Um, but that that the thing, the pros there though is that they have one of maybe the best lines in the NFL, um, and they have they obviously added AJ Brown. They have a lot of weapons, so that they they could be a dangerous team. I would, yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, I like the Eagles to make some noise, and they could even take the division this year. So I would say that the Eagles win this game. 
Um, but like you said, it's kind of tough either way. Yeah, and people were asking me, people been asking me, hey, who who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? And AFC is is crowded a little bit. I think that Buffalo Bills, if they are able to win some of those games that they lost last year to like a Jacksonville Jaguars and stuff, they get home field advantage this year throughout the playoffs. And the next thing you know, they could be in the Super Bowl. You know, I think they would have won that game against Kansas City if it was at home. Uh, me personally. Then I think about the NFC, and I'm I'm going, man, that that division is wide open. You know, just I don't know. And to me, Philadelphia has improved themselves in this off season, and maybe even able to take a step forward. Did they get the um, the Saints safety that that like they traded for the Saints safety or cornerback or something like that? Did they do that recently? I think so. That is their Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah, the three name dude. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and, and and so you know that he's a tough little feller. You know what I mean? Like he he adds a little something to that to that secondary. And I thought that secondary was pretty good last year with how they kept everything in front. Uh, Philadelphia might be the clear favorite for that. I, I don't have to make up my mind tonight, but that, I'm really that's those are the places I'm leaning. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. This was, this game total is at forty four and a half. Cincinnati's favored by six and a half. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> I can't take a Pittsburgh Steeler. I can't take a Pittsburgh Steeler in this game, but I'm tempted to take some Bengals because I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be really disappointing this season, and I, I'm tempted to take some Bengals right here to start off everything. Yeah, I can't, I can't blame you. Um, the Bengals, they just look like they're going to be a great great offense. Um, so, you know, Chase, Higgins, uh, Mixon, Burrow, any of those guys are pretty much – you know, in play any given week, really. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like any of them, really. I do, too. And it wouldn't surprise me if Hurst caught a touchdown this first week just to Hayden Hurst, just to, you know, welcome to him to the group. You know what I mean? Just I, I, I can see that. if I was struggling to pick a tight end, I might take a flyer on him. San Francisco at the Chicago Bears. This is going to be my favorite game of the week. Okay, I want the point total. I want this to go over. It's 41 and a half. San Francisco's favored by seven, and that is fine with me. They could be favored by seven. I don't like San Francisco's defense all that much. I mean, I'm not going to say it's like terrible. I'm not going to say it's great either. I, I definitely mm. don't like the Bears' offensive line either. But man, I could see this one turning into a a sneaky little shootout right here between these two teams. Yeah, for sure. It's got two of my favorite like oh, fantasy man. quarterbacks in it: yeah, Lance, yeah. Lance, and Fields. Um, and both the thing about both of those guys is either like they're both they're both young, obviously they both can run, and you know like most young unproven QBs, there could be some turnovers. So the thing is, even if they the 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 thing is they they're probably also not going to be scared to take chances either. Um, so yeah, I I actually am also really looking forward to this game as well. I have a lot I have a lot of Lance, a lot of Fields on, on leagues and and a lot of pieces throughout Darnell Mooney um yeah. and uh, have a little bit of kit yeah, Cole Komet, a little bit of Kittle, things like that. So so yeah, yeah, it's going to it's going to be fun to see both of these two young quarterbacks go head to head. Uh I can see both of these quarterbacks and exaggeration maybe a little bit, but Throwing for two touchdowns, 
and running for two touchdowns. I mean, maybe not the running part, maybe at least one touchdown. I could see him, see him running for one and throwing for two, both quarterbacks. I, I could just see it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I got through the days. I was just looking at it right now. <laughs> Again, Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. This point totals at 48. Green Bay is favored by two points at Minnesota. This is going to be a great offensive display, I think, by Minnesota. I'm not sure about Green Bay. If I were to pick this game, I would take the underdog. I would take Minnesota to win this game at home uh, over Green Bay. And that's tough to say because I know Minnesota's secondary from last year was atrocious, you know. But I I really like the way that this team – I like the way that they can rebound from last year with new coaching staff – now, Mike Zimmer, wasn't it Mike Zimmer last year? Uh, it was coach mm-hmm. for the Minnesota Vikings. And just such a negative Nancy all throughout, it seemed like. The Minnesota, the whole locker room, the whole front office and everything, nobody liked it. And so I think that there's a breath of fresh air here for Minnesota. And that could just be rejuvenating, you know, and, and new coaches. I'll take Minnesota in this one to open up at home all day, all night on this. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you could be right on that. And I do think it's going to be a kind of a sneaky shootout to be – a game in a dome, uh, two good quarterbacks, two good offenses, two possibly two questionable defenses. Um, so yeah, and then plus Minnesota has got those high-end talents: Dalvin Cook, you know, Justin Jefferson, and um, so yeah, this one could have a lot of fun fantasy implications. Kansas City at Arizona, 53.5 point total, second biggest one on the board, I think you said it was earlier. And, of course, uh, do you have anybody you singled out from this game that you want to use, Rob? Are you going to try and save them for later, or or is there going to be somebody you can play? I'm fine using either quarterback. I I really think that both, I mean, Mahomes and Kyler, both, like they, they, it's the highest or second highest scoring projected matchup of the week. It's in in a dome in Arizona. Um, both of them could have questionable defenses. Um, it should be two of the more high scoring and two of the faster paced offenses in the NFL. So yeah, yeah, I, I really love this, this game a lot. I'll probably stay away from the wide receivers. Really cool how the wide receiver room has worked out for Kansas City. You know, MVS, a huge downfield threat. And then you got Juju over the middle a little bit more and, and close to the vest kind of a thing. You know what I mean? And and then you got Hardman being able to do his thing with his end rounds and, and even the little screen passes and stuff that they do. But somebody I'm really high on for the Kansas City Chiefs that I haven't been in years past, and I think it's because his ADP has dropped so far, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It feels like I'm getting him for cheap, man, for nothing. And and last year he had an injury going into the season. We didn't find out about some of that stuff, lost a lot of weight and everything, uh, headed into last year. And now, really, you think about that running back room. You got a rookie in there. You got McCookin, or whatever. I, that's what I always call him, McCookin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's in there, but it seems like they were saving him. I, I don't know. It just seems like it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's backfield more so than anything else. And now they lost one of their big weapons in Tyreek Hill, uh, I could just see an Andy Reid screen game going to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a lot too. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, yeah, he, he, Hilaire has uh, definitely slipped down draft boards. Uh, he's starting to get to a point where, because I've been kind of more out than in on him, um, but that was also I think he's he's even slipping down to like eighth round in in some leagues. Um, but before he was going fifth, sixth round and that's kind of where I was more out on him, but yeah, yeah, he, he, when he's slipping 
multiple rounds and you can take him basically almost almost to the point where he's a a bench player for you yeah. um it's it's kind of worth to take the take him on the bench for the upside at the very especially, least especially in the chiefs offense you know high score, one of the mm-hmm. highest scoring offenses it possibly be so it does really look good for me las vegas raiders los angeles chargers 52 point total rob do you see what i'm looking at here though of what odd shark has the raiders score being 19 yeah it's 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 strange. It's strange, especially when they consider the spread, because um, they're only it's only a three point favorite. So they're projecting, you know, eight to nine points difference. So they must really really like the sh- the Chargers, Odd Sharks. Yeah, or they really dislike the the Raiders right. one of the two. And, <laughs> and I've true. heard some bad things about that defense. Is what I've heard some really bad things. And you think about the the running back room. There's there's some chaos going on there with the release of Kenyon Drake, and you got the white rookie guy. And, and then you know nobody's very impressed with Josh Jacobs each year, but he does always put up those good fantasy numbers. But I don't know if I want to take anybody here except for Los Angeles Chargers right now. I'm going to stay away from Devontae Adams. I'm going to stay away from Waller. I'm going to stay away from Renfro until I see how things kind of shake out there for the Raiders. I'm not scared to play any of the Chargers against this Raiders defense. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think any of the Chargers are in play. You know, your Eckler, Herbert, Keenan. Uh, Mike Williams. Um, yeah, the the Raiders are a little bit questionable just because, you know, we've seen the whole situation with Waller. I think it was somewhat smokescreen in terms of just I think it was more of a more of a contract situation. Um, but, I mean, it's still kind of risky to do. And, and uh, so we'll see because we and especially with Adams there. Um, I mean, Carr could be interesting because especially if they are trailing and throwing a lot and he has all his weapons, then that's that's a nice spot for him. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I probably want to wait and see how the uh, the target share kind of shakes out. Okay, the Giants against the Titans here uh, for the Sunday night. Last one on the Sunday, not Sunday night night, but the last one on the second half, uh, the Sunday ticket, I guess. New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans, 43.5 point total. The Titans are favored by 5.5 in this game. I don't want to play any team here. I, I'm not going to play Saquon. I'm not gonna nope. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna play Derrick Henry against the Giants uh, at home this first one. I'm gonna wait until he plays Jacksonville or something like that is what I'm gonna wait for, Rob. Yeah, I don't blame you on that. Um yeah, I mean I don't I don't have a problem if anyone wants to play Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, I may I may I, I'm talking myself I'm looking at it going, okay, maybe I will play Derrick Henry. Yeah. <laughs> it is a situation where he's at home, they're favored, and you know, that's that's when his game script really lines up because he's a guy that obviously doesn't doesn't get as much pass work, so you want to play him with the lead and then he just he just, you know, wears teams down and usually busts a big play or two late in the game and then uh seals it. So so yeah. Usually the Titans game isn't in the afternoon. That that's a little bit different here uh, at home. That's usually an eleven o'clock game almost always. Always. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Dallas Cowboys. Is that Sunday night? Is that going to be the Sunday night game? We get to see Tom Brady on a Sunday night against mm-hmm. the Cowboys against that defense that was really risk it or biscuit. It seemed like on the Dallas Cowboy defense. Uh, Mike Evans. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. That's a that's a tough one. I don't want to play anybody from the Cowboys really. I could think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be able to shut down any of those threats for the Cowboys being so limited as they are. Uh, but I, I wouldn't mind playing some of those Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, against the Dallas Cowboy defense. Yeah, definitely. It looks like a great spot. Um, playing Boy, against the 
the Cowboys defense. The Cowboys, I think, were the fastest paced team in the NFL last year, maybe yeah. first or second. Them and the Cardinals, I know. Tampa Bay was pretty up there, top five in terms of oh. speed, uh, pace of play. And they're playing at Dallas in a dome. Um, both of these 50 teams. Point total? Yeah, both these teams could be real pass heavy. Um, so, so yeah, I, I like Evans a lot too. If he's as long as he's healthy, because I think I, I honestly think Godwin's not going to play. Um, I, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to push him, and he won't even be nine months removed from ACL surgery, which is like the, considered the safe return to play, where the risk of re-injury goes way down, and that he won't even be that until early October. So Russell Gage isn't even practicing right now either, is he? Yeah, I think he I think he may be returned today. I'm not okay. I'm not 100 percent sure though. I'm not 100 percent sure. Julio Jones. Oh, Julio yeah. Jones in the Tampa uniform. Oh, big Leonard Fournette game right here, too. Oh, great <laughs> Sunday night game right there. I'm looking forward to it. Denver Broncos at Seattle Seahawks. We don't get the two Monday night games. We, we don't get that, I guess. That's yeah, what we don't I'm, get. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, Denver Broncos at the Seattle Seahawks. This game totals 42. As a, what a ter- what, this is how it's going to end for us on Monday night after a big weekend. I'm going back. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to DVR. I'm going back and I'm going to watch the you know like the Green Bay Minnesota game if I didn't get a chance to see that one. I'm I'm going to go back and watch that San Francisco Chicago game if I didn't get a chance to see that one on Monday night because Denver and Seattle. I'm staying away from everything there. I guess it's a big Russell Wilson game. I guess that's what. It is. Yeah, I think that's where they're kind of they're kind of leaning into the whole. Russell Wilson against Seattle kind of thing and hoping that can draw a bit. But yeah, I mean, Seattle looks like a rough, they're going to be a rough team um, what, this what year. What is that so. odd shark doing right there? This is a 42 point total. <laughs> Denver is favored by six and a half, but the predicted score is Seattle 29 and Denver 16. Rob, that, that's, that, can we just bet against odd shark right now? Can we? If they're right, it's, if they're right, we're going to have to listen to them for the rest of the year. I was going to say, if they are right on that, that's that's going to be. I, I I feel like their their projection as if is as if Russ is still on the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> the way the way I don't I don't know if they've updated yet. We got so we got to get someone over there and into odd charts to let them know that Russ is on the Broncos, not the Seahawks. And <laughs> that was the funniest can... thing you've ever said on the Baby Bowl podcast. I was going to say right now. I was that was good. That was good. Uh, yeah, Geno Smith is the quarterback, and they got the, they got him at thirty. Wow, that's something. If 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 that happens, I'm going to be shocked. Uh, Same. Wow. I agree. I, right. I will be shocked too. We got to remember that. I, I I have nothing to write it down and remember that. We'll have it on the podcast, but I'll forget to. Li- I'll forget to. All right, so we'll do that. Hey, Rob, good job. Glad we can go through this. Get my mind marinating on the baby bowl a little bit more. I'll encourage everybody to make Rob's job a little bit easier here in the next week. Get signed up. Get your lineup in there. That way he doesn't have to worry about you because there's a little red dot on his computer that comes up if you're not playing and you don't have your lineup set, and he will try and reach out to you somehow, some way. So let's make Mm -hmm. everything easy. I probably got a red dot by my name, Rob. I I probably do. I I think I've set a lineup, and I've said, I don't want I'm going to think about it a little bit more. So we got to do that, though, before Rob, before all this stuff. And that's why he can get his DFS lineups all set up. Good job, buddy, on everything you've done so far, and we'll and we'll try and do our best. As a baby bowl family, to get this up to 150 for you, okay? That that works. I appreciate it. No problem. Follow him at Norton0723. Don't forget to follow the show uh, at FI Today with a little underscore. You can follow me as well at LoafNip. But more importantly than all that, Baby Bowl fam, we want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.